I was 10 years old when I decided I would grow up, go to Africa, live with wild animals and write books about them. Dr. Jane Goodall admits virtually no one took her seriously when she decided as a child how she would live her life. Everybody laughed. How would I do that? We didn't have money. World War II was raging. Africa was still known as the dark continent. And I was just a girl. Jane, dream about something you can achieve. Jane says her mother was her most fervent supporter. She said, if you really want to do something like this, you're going to have to work awfully hard, take advantage of every opportunity. And then if you don't give up, hopefully you find a way. At the age of 23, a school friend invited Jane on holiday to Kenya. And after a long and uphill battle that involved leaving her boring secretary job and saving up while waitressing, she finally arrived on the continent. Quite honestly, South Africa, actually it's the very first part of Africa I set foot on, was in Cape Town, by boat, coming out from the UK in 1956. She admits it was a shock to the system. I was really excited. Here I was, setting foot finally on African soil, and then everywhere I saw this writing on the hotel doors and everywhere, and I asked these two friends uh, who were looking after me while the boat stopped for two days to get new supplies. So what do these words mean? Whites only. And I, I wasn't brought up that way. So I was happy to leave Cape Town at that time and arrive in Kenya, which was a much better atmosphere. And then came the introduction that changed her life. That's when somebody said, Jane, if you're interested in animals, you should meet Dr. Louis Leakey. He was head of the Natural History Museum. And he asked me so many questions about the animals there. And because I had spent all my free time um, in the Natural History Museum in London, when I was working there, reading books, as many as were, about African animals, I could answer many of his questions. And those boring secretary skills that Jane was so happy to leave back in London became her ticket to the natural world. Just as I arrived, Leakey's long-term secretary left suddenly. He needed a secretary. So there I was, surrounded by people who could finally answer all my questions about the animals of East Africa. After several months, the chimpanzees allowed Jane into their mysterious world. And she watched in awe as one of them, David Greybeard, did something unexpected. I see him and he's reaching out, picking grass stem, scratching a, open a hole in the termite mound and pushing down the stem and pulling it out and eating the termites. That exciting discovery changed everything and opened the door to Jane's decades-long study of this remarkable species. I knew that this was going to be really exciting to the scientific community, especially when he then picked a leafy twig and to use that as a tool, he had to break off the side pieces. It was so unexpected that I had to wait and see it again. Luckily, it was the start of the termite season. Dr. Leakey then helped Jane secure a place at Cambridge University. I'd been with the chimps one and a half years when Leakey said, I picked you because you hadn't been to university. I wanted someone whose mind wasn't cluttered up with the reductionist thinking of the scientists of that time, those studying animal behavior. Um, but now, he said, I need you to get a degree because I want the science to take you seriously. So I've got your place to do a PhD. Remember, I hadn't been to college. PhD in ethology. I didn't even 
know what ethology was, study of behavior. At university, professors told Jane that animals could not feel emotion the way that humans do. So I was really nervous when I got there of these professors. And imagine how I felt when they told me I'd done everything wrong. Chimpanzees with names, you should give them numbers. That's scientific. No David Greybeard, Flo, Fifi, Goliath, Mr. Wurzel, and so on. No, one, two, three, four. Well, uh, also, you can't talk about them having personalities, minds capable of problem-solving, or emotions, because those are unique to humans. Luckily for us, she never bought into that notion. Fortunately, when I was a child, I had a wonderful teacher. That was my dog, Rusty. You can't share your life in a meaningful way with a dog, cat, a rat, bird, cow, pig, whatever. Not No, we're not the only beings, sentient beings on the planet. And over time, Jane's consistency paid off for the benefit of us all. So I just carried on quietly describing how the chimpanzees are. And because the Geographic had sent Hugo van Lauwek to film, and his films really, you know, justifying everything I said, so gradually science changed its attitude towards animals. I never tackled them. I don't do that sort of thing. Because of the chimps, that opened the door for all the other animals. Tara Penny, Hot 1027 News. Hot 1027.